Here's the thing, getting attention is so easy. For the longest time in my life, I was thinking, I want the attention, I gotta get the attention because that'll prove something to myself mm. and other people. And then I realized I know how to get attention, but what am I better at? Monetizing the attention and to scale it and consistently have it like Mr. Beast, it takes so much work. I could just, with my skill set, go to the people, the celebrities and the influencers who already have all the attention, the 10 million, the 50 million, the 100 million, the 200 million followers, but they don't really know business and marketing and sales funnels and paid advertising and affiliates and all the other stuff that I'm a master of. And so what I've done now is I created another business where we just partner with the biggest influencers and celebrities in the world and show them how to monetize their attention at a 10x factor of what they're doing now. We're getting people who have 50 million followers, right. but they're not making $50 million and they easily should be. So we convert those followers into emails and text where the environment is you're used to being sold. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber. Over there, at least on my screen, is Grant Warrington. Grant, how you doing today, buddy? Doing great, man. Doing great. I'm excited to talk to Mark today about uh, everything social oh, media. Guy with better hair, uh, better looking, all of that <laughs> oh, stuff man. than you. So um, it's like a before yeah. and after right now. You could see like what young and good looking Grant might have looked like. Yeah. And then there's there's this. I'm going to ask today. him some hair care tips and things like that, too. Don't, <laughs> don't you worry about it. All right, let's introduce our guest, Mark Lack. Guys, uh, Grant knows. I've been geeking out about yeah. having this guy on for a while after I got introduced yeah. to him by another guest, but he's a, he's known as the go-to expert on personal branding and has an A-list client roster. He's also the leading training, uh, I'm sorry, also has the leading training system and program on personal branding with close to 10,000 students in over 50 countries. He's the best-selling author of Shorten the Gap and TV host of Business Rockstars, where he's interviewed over a thousand successful entrepreneurs ranging from millionaires to billionaires. Inc. Magazine has ranked Mark as the top one of the top personal branding experts can't even get through this without stumbling. I'm so excited. And he speaks around the country and helps businesses and entrepreneurs grow their income, impact, and influence through sales, marketing, and the power of personal branding. We're going to get into some of the people that he's associated with, the brands, the people he's interviewed on his podcast. But Mark, man, true pleasure. Thanks for being here. I'm glad we got it to line up. Good to be here, bro. Absolutely. Before we even started recording, there's like 80,000 uh, uh, dollars worth of great content that you gave yeah. us. So we're going to try to yeah. unpack that. But I want to start with uh, with Ed Milet. I said this before we started we started recording. I watched a video somewhere, maybe it was in your masterclass from Ed Milet, who I love. I think Ed Milet's amazing. Saying, yes. "Hey, pretty much, you know, in essence, I wouldn't be Ed Milet, meaning the brand of Ed Milet, without Mark Lack." And there's other guys, Jordan Belfort. There's some other guys out there that could that could attest to the same thing. How, tell me a little bit about about that. What? How does Ed Milet become Ed Milet because of Mark Lack. Let, let's use that as the backdrop. I would never, I, first of all, I would never say that because I'm that's, saying it. you're I saying said. it. <laughs> yes. um, I am just, I mean, Ed is like the king of the jungle. He's so incredible. Um, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of very many people, but, and I don't look up to very many people, but Ed is one that I am. I look up to a lot. And uh, obviously I know he said great things about me and he attended one of my workshops, which is nuts before he got on social, before he really started to get online. Um, he, he attended my workshop and was sitting in the room with like 50 people and, uh, who all paid to be there and learn about building their audience and monetizing it. And I had no idea who Ed was. Uh, I was like, who's this buff guy with tattoos and had no idea a how rich he was, 
uh, B, how caring and loving and special and amazing he is. I had no idea who the man was. He was just a humble guy in, in my audience. But oh my gosh, um, the fact that he's blown up so fast, mm -hmm. if I can even say that I helped at all, uh, which I know he has said I've helped out, but if I can even take just a little bit of the fact that I played some role possibly at all in helping him get to where he is, I mean, wow, like Ed is... That would be one of the most amazing things ever. Ed is such an incredible person. Jordan Belfort. I've worked with a lot of people. Manny Koshman, the real estate mogul, who's done like a billion dollars in real estate, helped him launch his masterclass and mastermind. I've had, um, I've had a really cool experience working with some incredible people. I'll leave it at that. So that you have, that you have. Yeah. Let's dive into personal branding here. So you, yeah, yeah. you are are an expert here, obviously from your bio and everything else like that. What is it about personal brand? Like, there's a lot of people that are resistant to this. Like, oh, I don't want to just share my hamburgers on on Instagram. Like, they get they sort of paint this picture mm -hmm. of branding as this like negative right. look at me sort of thing. But you make an amazing case for for the power of brand. So, yeah. what is it about personal brand? Give me sort of the 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 elevator pitch on why should I or why should anybody have a personal brand? Well, I think the first thing you recognize is you already do. If you just want to consider your personal brand as kind of like your reputation, um, you know, if I went and asked your coworkers about you, that's your personal brand mm -hmm. um, because brand is essentially, I'm using my own definitions here. Brand is your reputation. What do people think about you? What do people think about Apple or Amazon or Tesla? You have a, an idea, a judgment, associations, definitions, interpretations of those brands. And so for me, you have a personal brand. Everyone listening has a personal brand. It's if I went and asked your customers who worked with you, what do they think about you? If I went and somehow asked a hundred people who just visited your podcast or your website or your social media or walked in your restaurant, what they thought about you, what they thought about the ambiance, the vibe, the experience, the look, the font, the color, the photos, that's your brand. You're always emulating your brand at a networking event. If you had, if I watched you and 10 people came up and shook your hand and talked to you, and then I went up to those 10 people and said, what was your experience like with Jamie or Grant? Right. They, they would tell me their interpretation of working with you, of their experience communicating with you. That's your personal brand. It's always emulating. It's always shining. And it's always what people are going to say behind your back or say to your face or say to their friend. So you already have a personal brand. The difference is I like to bring people's awareness and commitment to being more conscious of trying to say, whoa, people are always looking at me and judging me and coming up with an interpretation of me that they're probably going to tell somebody. And if I'm more conscious about this and I really take more control over this, then I might be able to take better control over getting more referrals over people wanting to work with me. Because there was a point, like you guys were joking about my hair and whatever, right? Like I consciously made the decision. I was like, I'm going to try to, like people like to work with people who look happy, who sound confident, who, you know, look better. I hate to say that like attractive people get better opportunities than, than I don't like to say the word ugly, but you know what I'm saying? Less yeah. attractive people by, by the, by societal's definition or your own personal definition. And so when you start to recognize these I call them patterns. You've probably heard that term before. Tony Robbins always talks about patterns of success, patterns of whatever, limiting patterns. And so with a personal brand, you as an individual, man, woman, doesn't matter, background, biography, ethnicity, whatever, you know people are going to see a certain pattern. If I said a financial banker 
can't we all come up with a visual pattern of what that person would look like, talk yeah, like? Yeah. So, yeah. so there's the point, a real estate agent versus a successful real estate agent, the yeah. car they drive, the clothes they wear, the watch they have, the way they talk, the confidence they have, the knowledge they bring to the table, the way that they don't even feel like they have to sell because they're already there. Yeah. It's like, you get the point. There's patterns. And if you start to recognize the patterns that a personal brand, like an Ed Milet has, then you can start to emulate those patterns. And so first recognize what patterns of your personal brand do you have? Do you talk really quiet? Are you not very confident? People are going to tell people that. Mm, do you, do yeah. you dress a certain, do you dress sloppy and unsuccessful? Are your shoes dirty? Are your nails grimy? Like people are aware of those things. This is small stuff. And then it goes onto your website. Then it goes onto your social. Then it goes onto the, I look at people's websites all the time. And I'm like, the photos, they're off. And if the photos are off, how many other things in your business and life are off? Mm. There's all these things in personal development. I've read a lot of books. It's like a messy desk is a messy mind, is a messy person, is a messy business. And it ripples effects into everything. So keep a clean desk, keep a clean mind, keep a clean calendar. It, it's all things, right? So your personal brand is everything about you that you're emulating and reflecting out into the world. And it's how people are going to perceive you and how they're going to judge you. And that's going to determine who wants to talk with you, work with you, refer business to you, et cetera. And so first have the awareness that it's already happening. You already have a personal brand. And then second, understand what are you going to do with that awareness? Because once you have the awareness, you have to make a decision. Am I going to continue to do what I've been doing? Or am I going to consciously say, whoa, um, I can actually start to follow some new patterns Right. And those new patterns can end up making me way more successful. And like you had an introduction for me and you said these things about me because that's what I chose to put on the internet. And that's right. what, and then the person you interviewed who told you about me and other people who told you things about me, it's because I created that for the world to see so that they would say those things about me so that you would introduce me in your podcast and say those things about me. But it all started with me having the awareness that I want people to see me that way and talk about me that way. Hmm. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, does so it, make, does it make sense? Like, so it everyone makes, says the yeah, same thing sense. about me because I yep. created an image and consciously said, this is what I want people to say about me, but how do I get them to say that about me? Well, I have to look that way, talk that way, be that way, emulate that way, post that way. They have to live that way. And then, it's, yeah. and then, and then I tell you, that is who I am. This is who I am. I act congruently to what I say I am. I show up the way I say I am. You then start to say, that's the way Mark is. And all of a sudden it just, that's brand. That's what it becomes. But I first had the awareness that that's what I wanted it to be. Hmm. I love that, man. So yeah. what, what comes to mind for me, you know, uh, uh, I think of people that want to quit their job or something like that. They don't know where they start, but they think, oh, wait, a, a brand. I keep hearing being building a brand and, and monetizing a brand and all of that is is where I should go. But I don't know. I, I like, you know, I like cupcakes and bicycles. Like, how do I build a brand around that? So I guess the question is, like, when somebody's thinking about, okay, I, you've convinced me. Have I am a brand. I already have. Uh, attributes about me that I can put out there and, and, you know, build a reputation around. That's what a I brand think. I is. think you should only build a brand around a passion or a problem solver. That's it. Mm. Passion okay. or problem, passion or problem solver. Passion could be like Mr. Beast. Uh, Mr. Beast is the number one YouTuber in the world. He's got over 105 million followers, subscribers on his primary YouTube channel, makes like close to a hundred million dollars a year just turned down a billion dollars to buy his channel from a venture capital fund. He's 24. Um, he's only 24. That's wow. his passion. 
YouTube videos. He's been obsessed since he was like a kid and studying it, figuring out why people do what they do when it comes to watching YouTube, retention, click through, all that. That's his passion. And he built a massive personal brand around that. And because he built a thing that he was passionate about, it's become a massive income generator because he's so passionate. He's all the time, 24 seven, thinking about that thing for other people. It's music, it's sports, it's entertainment, whatever that passion may be. It's by the way, passion does not always lead to profit. Mm. I want to make that clear though. Cause your passion could be like you said, cupcakes. Mm. Very few people are going to be profitable if their passion is cupcakes, but you can build a great following because lots of people like cupcakes and I could get into a whole, my version as an investor and a creative business person and a resourceful entrepreneur around how you could become a successful cupcake brand. But there's going to be, by my definition of scalability, a plateau. You can only go so far with that passion. And then problem solving. This is where there's a lot more profit. If you build a personal brand or a brand, a business brand around solving a problem, now you have most likely, depending on what that problem is, as one of my billionaire mentors has taught me, if you want to make a billion dollars, one of the best ways to do that is to solve a problem a billion people have. Now, that's not always the route to a billion, but it's a pretty good right connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you solve a problem a billion people have, you're probably going to make a lot of money for that. And so problem solving is a great way to build a brand around. So to your question, you were mentioning more passion, riding bikes and cupcakes. Yeah. Great. You can build it. I know I can go on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok right now and find somebody who has a baking channel, a bicycle channel, a bicycle tricks, mountain biking, whatever. That's it right there. There's already people who've done those passion things. But over here on the problem solving side, there's going to be a lot more that we can talk about. Do you have knowledge and do you have skills? that solve a problem that we can then build a brand around and find products and services that can be the monetization component. Cause you can still build, you can still make money from sponsors and people who pay money to be on your channel and YouTube will pay you money and other platforms pay you money just for the attention and the eyeballs that you bring to your channel or your content. But selling a product and a service is what takes it to the next level. And that's why most influencers don't have a bank account that matches their followers. They have 10 million followers, but not $10 million because they're good at getting attention, but they don't know how to sell products and services in the most effective way possible because they're not marketers. They're not salespeople. They're not business people. They don't have understand how to run an org chart and be a leader and payroll and finance and accounting. They just know how to get attention. And so the problem is, is other people who really know how to make money go to those influencers and pay them money because they know how to really make money. And so the influencer sells out for uh, a shout out or a sponsored post or whatever, because they don't know how to sell their own stuff. So they take money from other people, big companies. And so point is problem solving and passions. Those are the two ways that you're going to build a brand. And there's a way to do both, by the way, there's a way to integrate well, both. That's together. my question. I was gonna, So I talked mm-hmm. to a lot of people who were like, I'm struggling to start and I, I've never put it this way, but essentially what I, I say now putting it through the filter of what you just said was, yeah. Hey, what do you love doing? Just start doing stuff on that. Start showing, you know, the cupcakes, start showing the cupcakes you bake or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about monetization till later. Just get started on your passion and the route to monetization will reveal itself. But you make a great point because I'm a bit guilty of that. Like, I can build attention, you know, on mm. my scale. I'm not, you know, at my letter or whatever, but I can build attention. But I'm, I'm now starting to bring people in around me that can monetize that attention. So but- here's the thing. Getting attention is so easy. And it's what took me so long was for the longest time in my life, I was thinking, 
I want the attention. I got to get the attention because that'll prove something to myself Mm -hmm. and other people. And then I realized, well, hold on now. I know how to get attention, but what am I better at? Monetizing the attention. I would say I'm one of the best in the world at monetizing attention. Now, I know the formula for getting attention. It's really easy. But to get attention and to scale it and consistently have it like Mr. Beast, it takes so much work. And what I've realized is I could just, with my skill set, go to the people, the celebrities and the influencers who already have all the attention, the 10 million, the 50 million, the 100 million, the 200 million followers but they don't really know business and marketing and sales funnels and paid advertising and affiliates and all the other stuff that I'm a master of. And so what I've done now is I created another business where we just partner with the biggest influencers and celebrities in the world and show them how to monetize their attention at a 10 X factor of what they're doing now. And, uh, you know, that's what we were talking about this earlier before the podcast really started. And I was like, Oh bro, you know, we do tens of millions of dollars. Like, you know, boom, 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 because we're, we're getting people who have 50 million followers, right? but they're not making $50 million and they easily should be. So we convert those followers into emails and texts because people with big followings that have the attention there, they worked hard to get that attention and they don't want to feel like a sellout and have people commenting, sell out, like go and watch when a celebrity sells something, the engagement drops, the comments are usually sort of maybe possibly negative because they're like, what are you doing? You're selling. You're not supposed to sell. This is Instagram. So we convert those followers into emails and text messages where the environment is you're used to being sold. It's almost like you're not, you're not used to being sold at church. It'd be inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But if you invited people from church to come to a place they're used to being sold, it changes the dynamic. So how do you invite people off social into email where they're used to being offered things consistently and sell them over email? So it's a whole different business model, but astronomical difference in getting the attention, I no longer think, how do I get 10 million followers? That's going to take me so much longer to do than it is for me to go and just call somebody with 10 million followers, make them a value proposition of how we can turn that into a revenue source that's so much bigger than what they're making now, if they care about money, right? Do you care about money? Do you want money? Are you going to use it for your charity, for your house, for your family? What are you going to do with it? Great. I can help make you so much more money from the exact audience you already have. You won't even have to do anything. I'll We'll, we'll do it all for you. Um, and people usually like that pitch. And so you can build your own audience or if you, so this is the big key, right? I realized at some point in my journey, me wanting to get all the followers and the attention was an ego play. It was for, uh, yes, I want to help people and I want to make a difference, but if I really break it down, I'm still going to help people and make a difference. At what number does that need to be? It doesn't matter because my thing and the reason why I'm on here, right, is not because you guys have 7 million downloads, but it's Mm. because even if I was on the podcast with 7 million downloads, my goal, and this is something I share with Ed Milad and Tony Robbins and a lot of my mentors is the way that you switch your mindset from caring what people think about is you're trying to impact all 7 million people, which is always going to fail. You can never impact every single person in the audience. Mm -hmm. I'm only here to impact one. Because I was the one person impacted by Tony Robbins and Ed Milad and whoever you want to say, right? Yeah. I was the one impacted by my mentors and became a multimillionaire in my 20s. And now I'm 32 and the rest is history, right? And so now I got to take care of my family. I got to take care of my daughter in a way that I always knew I could, but it's like now I'm the one, right? So it's like how many people went to Tony Robbins seminar and are still at their job and still overweight and still not happy because it just, 
it didn't, whatever reason, it didn't click inside of them, but I'm the one that did click and my whole life changed. And now I've reached 400 million people online is what my metrics on my side of the computer show. I don't even see all the other metrics from everybody else, but on my metrics, my channels, I can see I've reached 400 million people with my ads, my content, et cetera. So I'm the one. So when I'm on this podcast, I'm trying to impact one person. So with that, I don't need 10 million followers when my goal is to always change one person's life. And so with that, the next play is real big impact, which can only happen when it's not about you. And so that's when I shifted my business model. I still have my other business model, which I would say is what this is about. My other business is partnering with the celebrities though. And that's where I can reach instant. It's like, now I immediately have 200 million followers. If you add up all the celebrities that we have, um, there's six core celebrities right now, over 200 million followers between the six of them. And so those 200 million followers are now mine because I'm determining what's posted. I'm determining what's monetized. I'm converting them into emails and text messages. And so it's like, rather than me taking my entire life to try to get 10 or 20 million followers, which I don't even know if I could, because in the education space, nobody has 10 or 20 million followers. Only entertainment, only influencer celebrity stuff gets that much. I mean, Tony Robbins has 3 million followers. He's one of the smartest, most articulate guys in the world. Or even Ed Milet has like 3 million followers. It's like the smartest, best, most impactful communication people on the planet only have 2 or 3 million followers. Um, Pick any of them. No person who's a full-time speaker, communicator, thought leader, expert. I can truly change your life with my knowledge and my books and my information, even if I give it all away for free. None of them have 10 or 20 million followers. Not even Gary Vaynerchuk. And so at some point, right? Education is not the path to building the big following. And so I've just figured out, okay, I jumped to 200 million followers and I did it in 12 months, Uh, but it was by partnering with people who had 200 million followers. So just remember on my rant, there's so many different ways to get to what you want, but you have to kind of really spend the time to think, what do I want? Do I want the following? Do I want the impact? Do I want the income? And what is really the best path to get there? Because a big component of my life now at this stage I'm in is not what can I do to create something, but it's who are all the people that I need to help create that thing faster, to achieve that thing faster. It's like the, it's not what I need to do. It's who I need to meet. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's, who not how, who yeah. not what. Sure. And I absolutely. think a lot of people when it comes to their personal brand, start with me. Yeah. What do I care about? Mm-hmm. What do I, and that's the wrong way to do it. Yeah. Start way <laughs> out. It's hard to do, but start way out in the distance. How much money do I want to make? What problems do I want to solve? Who do I want to serve? Those are better questions than like, what should my personal brand be about? I like fishing. That's the dumbest place to start. (laughs) You're starting looking at the floor. Yeah. You need to be starting looking way out in the distance and saying, what do I really want to try to do here? Mm -hmm. What What am I really trying to do when I'm even thinking about my personal brand? And for me... It has nothing to do with looking at the floor and being like, well, I like this passion and I like, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with way out in the distance. Like even Alex Ramosi talked about with his personal brand, which now that he's worth like a hundred million bucks, now he's building his audience. Yeah. And um, for him, it's the same thing that Grant Cardone's doing deal flow. If I become the guy that you want to give your money to, then I can have my fund and I can use that. I can use your money to go and buy big deals. And then I can refinance those big deals and take cash out and I can become a billionaire so fast with everyone else's money. And I don't even have to go to the banks. I go to my following. 
I just go to my own following. Like Grant Cardone has like five or $10 billion assets under management, all from his following. They gave him their money. He buys the deals. He can refinance the deal and take all the cash out. So he's always positive on every single deal. And then the cash flow that comes out, he pays like, 6% to his people. And if anything above that, he pockets himself, but he owns the deal. And it's just like, it's crazy. But that is the level of thinking is like, I build my audience for access to deal flow from my community to get their cash in an easy way. It's just like, Dude, when you, when look, you think that way, that's how Grant's a billionaire is because yeah. he, he shifted from, I'm a guy who sells sales training to I'm a guy who shows people how to get access to hundred million dollar real estate deals. They'd never get access to. And whether it's a thousand bucks or a hundred thousand bucks, I'll put it in the deal and you'll just collect checks. And now Grant's a billionaire and going to be worth like $10 billion probably in personal net worth because of that. And that is what he told Alex Hermosi why it's worth because what is Alex Ramosi's main focus? Acquisition.com. Acquisition.com. Yeah. Access to people who read my books so they have my knowledge. So all of you who come to me to pitch me, hopefully already know what I know, mm. operate the way I operate, think the way I think. So when I buy your company, you're a miniature Hermosi business. You just need yeah. my team to come in and scale it up and I'll get a Brilliant. sweet deal. And mm. so he's training, you're training millions or hundreds of thousands of little miniatures, less successful versions of you who think and operate and believe what you believe. And then you get access to their deals and their money. It's genius. So it is. See, it's not creating a YouTube channel to sell a course. It's a big play. It's a chess move. And so just watch. Hermosi will have a fund at some point. And even yeah. if he doesn't, he already has acquisition.com. And low key, he's always funneling people to his book and his series of books. He did $100 million offers. Then he's going to do $100 million leads. Then he's going to do $100 million sales. And it's all going to funnel back to people selling equity to him and their business. And so it's deal flow. So Mm -hmm. really start to think strategically. It's not about the little tiny personal brand stuff to sell some products and services if you want to get strategic. Now, I teach people all day, your simple mom and pop, your kid from college, the guy who lost his job, the woman who's sick of her corporate job. I teach all those people how to make money on the internet. And none of it has to do with those big moves. But when I'm talking with like, more successful people like an Ed Milet or celebrities, it's always the higher level next play. Like for uh, Mr. Beast, he yeah. turned down a billion dollars at 24 Crazy. to buy his YouTube channel. And he said, because I can use my own YouTube channel to build more brands and his chocolate bar will be bought for a billion dollars. His Mr. Beast burger will be bought for a billion dollars. And he can yeah. keep spinning up brands and selling them all for billions of dollars. And he was like, I'll probably be worth a hundred billion dollars in 20, 30 years if I keep doing this. And I don't have to sell the channel. And if he did sell the channel, he'd be converting money, which he doesn't care anything about for his love of his passion and joy and fulfillment, his YouTube channel. So always think next level. What am I really trying to do? Most people think so first step, where do I want to be in 30 days or next year? They don't think 10 or 20 years out. And that's another thing I share with Hermosi and a lot of other successful people is stop thinking in such short timelines, start thinking in 10 or 20 year horizon timelines Mm -hmm. and really trying to think what's the future. And I can go to, I can go to a whole training about that right now. You're you're not passionate about this at all. This is, I can't sense any energy (laughs) from you when it comes to this topic. Funny stat on, I heard this and I, I look, 
don't know how true it is, but I, a, a few reputable people mentioned this about Grant Cardone, to your point. If you yeah. look at what Grant Cardone offers versus, you know, somebody like me or, or whatever, uh, as far as raising money for a deal, his right. his equity splits are lower. They're not as favorable. His right. preferred returns are lower. But his average, his average investor is 4x what most people get, meaning like right. an so- average... It's all brand. It's of all course, about his because brand. Geico offers worse insurance than the mom and pop insurance. Yeah. Um, and it goes like my dad's been in insurance for 36 years. And um, the big box retail companies, the Geico's, the progressives, they offer worse deals than the little company you've never heard of. Yeah. And the reason is because big brand, big box advertising, always in your face. We can save you $500 in 10 minutes or less. And so you, everyone starts to believe, well, you're, who are you? You're a mom and pop. You can't offer a better deal than Geico, but yeah. you're wrong. They can. And so just like you're saying, Grant Cardone offers worse deals than what we could offer. Yeah. Because I mean, trust me, I'm in a lot of different syndication deals and I'm in a lot of different, I'm in mobile homes. I'm in energy. I'm in, you know, apartments. Yeah. I'm in so many different things. Um, they're all double digit returns. Grants yeah. is 6%. So it's right. like, and they're all syndication and groups you'd never heard of. Um, so yeah, you're making the point, right? It's like big brand can get all the attention and can actually give people less. It can give people a worse product. Like McDonald's can give you a worse product than the mom and pop. <laughs> like I do, it on, I do it on one of my presentations. I say, I can read your mind. This is the power of building a brand. What company comes to mind when I say cheeseburgers? Cheeseburger. People think McDonald's. And I go, why didn't you think of the cheeseburger that you actually like from the favorite restaurant you go to? (laughs) When I say coffee, what do you think of? Starbucks. 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 But why don't you think of the coffee that you really like? And maybe it is Starbucks, by the way. I drink Starbucks, but I'm just saying. Yeah. That's the power of brand is you just even think of the category cheeseburger and their brand logo pops up in your head. And it's like, you're not even thinking of what cheeseburger you want or what coffee you want. You're thinking of their brand. That's yeah. the power of building a brand. So if I go, oh, my back's out, I think of the chiropractor who always pops up on my newsfeed because he's building his personal brand. And he's like, hey, if your back hurts, this is what you need to do. Here's some stretches and here's how I can fix it. And here's the important. And he's always popping up on your newsfeed or she's always popping up on your newsfeed. You're going to think my back hurts. I got to call doctor, whatever. And it's the same thing. People think personal brand. I'm trying to get everyone who thinks personal brand to think me. I love that, man. So you can literally cheeseburger, McDonald's, Starbucks, coffee, cheap insurance, Geico, right? And you can just go back hurts, chiropractor, right? Or icy hot. And so you can literally, and for me, it's like, now that I understand the power of this, it's repetition over timeline and it starts to anchor in. If I can get enough, it's called the mere exposure effect, right? It's been studied since the 1800s. And if you can show people the same message in different ways over a long period of time, they will all start to believe what you tell them, which is like a lie told again and again and again becomes the truth. And so if every, for 10 years, if all I do is say, and get everyone else to say, I'm the personal branding guy. If you have a seminar, a podcast, anything about personal branding, you got to have me on it. And then, and then you're interviewing Kiala and he tells you, oh, you got to have, and now I'm on. And and all of a sudden, someone's doing a seminar. Oh, you got to have him on. How is yeah. he not here? And it just, you can do this too. The people listening right now, you can do this, but you have to be conscious. You have to put out content. You have to tell people, 
this is what it is. I'm the personal branding guy. How could you possibly have a podcast and not have me on there? And then they tell people and then it starts to go out and then you create content. It's, it's, but it's over a long time horizon as well. Right. And most people, most people think in such short time horizons, of course, they never achieve their goals. Guilty. Guilty. I, I, I do too. that. It, it's funny. Me too. It's funny though, to your point, like, I feel like as you were describing that, I can see myself bouncing off of long and short and creating chaos in what I'm trying to build. Right. right like, right. like you said, yeah, long-term it is, it's about raising capital and, and building. You always talk about no like, and trust, right? It's the same in yeah. investment with a brand, but Hey, you know, like, and trust me enough when you're going to invest money. Hey, you think of me in that particular asset class, but then I go short-term, which is why yeah. are my texted crying about it? Why, why yeah. are people following my stuff right now? Why are my, yeah. why is my engagement down? So you do yeah. bounce between the long and the right, short. Right. But you got to, you, what you do is when you really anchor yourself into the future, you no longer feel bad and beat yourself up yeah. over the short term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Because, because I used to set these little short-term goals that got to achieve this, got to achieve this. And like, then I started to give myself grace, especially when I got sick and almost died that really gave me the grace of like, stop getting so caught up, like be more present. And like, and that's where I could get into a whole thing around like being an entrepreneur and always hustling and grinding and having short-term KPIs and, you know, focusing on what your team's doing and having your quarterly goals and all that stuff. I personally kind of let a lot of that fall to the side when, when like at certain different stages of my life, and I've been more happy, more fulfilled and more successful as I focus on the long-term, like this is my little Bitcoin clock right here, not to go on a crypto rant, but like it's at 19,400 and something. And it keeps the real (laughs) price. You'll see it flash in a little bit. It updates every couple of minutes. And it's like right now it's down, but I believe in the long-term 10, 15 years, it's going to be, have to. it's going to be rid. Oh, I'm, I'm more <laughs> I'm in. Down, I'm, so I have I'm to more in, in the long term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you get the point long-term yeah, time yeah. horizon. I don't care about the volatility. I don't care if I'm down or up or whatever yeah. long-term time horizon, same thing in business, same thing in personal branding, same thing in building an audience, same thing in whatever. If you start yeah. to have long-term time horizons, it makes everything better, but that's where we could get into a whole thing about but then how in the short term do I make sure I follow through? What about procrastination? What about, and there's a whole whole thing we could get into there if you want, but I'm gonna let you steer the ship. Holy here, crap. Well, I got, do you have three more hours? Cause I could ask yeah. you a zillion We'll just do another, we'll do questions. another. Yeah. We'll, we'll do another. All right, yeah, yeah. let me do this follow-up yeah. and then I know Grant has a question. So going back to, you mentioned about uh, getting a little tactical. Cause I, I wanna hear about uh, some of the tactics that you've used. Well, I wanna, let's do this. I know that you mentioned about bringing celebrities off of uh, or bringing their audience off of social media into email. I know in the past you've, you've done, you know, paid, paid advertisements, paid leads towards celebrity uh, celebrities to get them on your podcast. You've got some really cool tactical stuff in the past. So I would imagine taking people off Instagram and into your email list has something to do with a lead magnet of some sort that you're giving Uh them for free and all of that stuff. What works now? Cause I think, if you listen to a lot of people, I was just talking to somebody, oh, you got to get your hashtags in order. I'm like, that is like That's 2017 so feedback, right? No, so yeah. can you still run paid ads against, uh, you know, against an influencer or offer, hey, I'll get you a million views on Facebook to get them on your mm-hmm. podcast? Can you still do that? Can you still offer a PDF lead magnet to get them into your into your email inbox off of yeah. Instagram? Like, does this stuff still work or is there next level that people just aren't talking about it? Your well, personal brand. Let's hear. Well, it. I think I think it's important to understand that what we're talking about is next level because no one's doing it. Um, hmm. Go and look at. Wow. Go and pull up even Gary Vaynerchuk. He's not offering a lead magnet right now. Yeah. Grant Cardone. He's not offering hmm. a lead magnet. Tony Robbins not offering a lead magnet. They're not offering lead magnets. Um, 
they usually have like one of those shared links that's like a tree link or whatever. And yeah. uh, I have one in my bio too, by the way. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing right now because what it is is the link and you click it and then it has like six or five or 10 links that go to your website, your YouTube channel, your podcast, your book, donate mm-hmm. to my charity, check out what I'm doing. It's all the things you're doing. It's one link, but it goes to like all things you're doing. Yeah. And I have the same thing in my bio right now. One of them is my lead magnet. One of them is my YouTube channel. One of them is my main website. One of them is like a bunch of affiliate links to resources I like. So if people buy that shit, I get paid. It's just like, there you go. Like I'm doing the same thing, but strategically at certain times, I'll switch the link and it'll be a lead magnet and I'll drive traffic to it. But here's the thing. If you just had one lead magnet, you're going to be so much more successful because in business, when you funnel, um, this is my analogy, when you funnel a thousand mice into a grocery store, mm-hmm. are all of them going to run in different directions? Or do you think they're all going to follow one linear path and they're all going to end up in the same spot? Or do you think they're all going to just be fucking scattered all over the store. Some are going to be in the cracker section. Some are going to be in the meat section. Some are going to be in the cheese section. If you let a thousand mice go in a grocery store, they're going to go, they're going to go all over the place. Yeah. You're not going to have a clue. And here's the thing. If you paid for those leads, those thousand leads, those thousand mice, and they all went freaking everywhere in your funnel, your website, your podcast, you it's never going to be predictable. It's never going to be consistent. It's never going to be repeatable. So every time you buy a thousand leads or get a thousand new followers, if it's not predictable and consistent, you're going to go, this doesn't work. I have no tracking. I have no attribution. Every time I get new followers into my funnel or my website or driving my social, I don't know what's going on. It doesn't seem to be working. So what you do is you discipline yourself. If all you ever seen one of those hamster things, like when I was a child, I had those hamster funnels and the, the, the hamster goes through the funnel and it goes up and it goes down yeah. and it goes left and it goes right. But it always goes in one direction, but it goes up yeah. and down and it swerves to the right and it goes to the left. And then they end up popping out the other side. But really, it was just one thing for them to do. It's just a funnel. Mm-hmm. And if all thousand mice or leads went into the funnel and the funnel only had one thing to do, which is register for my masterclass on five ways to build your audience and monetize it. Mm-hmm. Everyone who opts into that funnel is all going to end up where I want them to be. Mm. And now it's predictable. Now it's consistent. So rather than having a thousand mice go to my website and there's my podcast and my free thing and what I'm doing and hire me as a speaker and check out my book and check out this other thing, rather than having a thousand mice go loose on your website or your social, funnel them into one thing. So even though I have a fancy, expensive website, I never drive traffic there. Because it's pointless, I never will spend my money to drive traffic to a grocery store without a funnel. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? It so does. so yeah. I use funnels. All my money and my traffic goes through a funnel where there's only one thing to do. And once they go in through there, I might segment them into different parts of the funnel based on their behavior and their opens and their clicks and their showing me interest feedback. But they're all going where I want them to. And so it becomes predictable. And when it's predictable, then it makes it so that I know every time I invest a dollar or a thousand or a hundred thousand to bring people into the funnel and it spits out 150,000 in 30 days, Mm. and I'm already profitable in a 30 day moving average, then I know my lifetime value is usually five X. So the hundred thousand is already profitable in 30 days. 
So it's probably going to be 400,000 in six months, probably going to be five or 600,000 in a year. And those are the people who bought. Then I have all the fun, all the, the mice who came into the funnel who didn't buy. And it's usually 90% or more who join the funnel, the free thing, don't buy. And so what most business owners make the mistake of is they keep hitting those 90% of those people, those mice with the same cheese. Hey, eat the freaking jalapeno jack cheese. And they're like, yo, I was interested at first, but I don't want that. Yeah. So what you do is you go find affiliate offers, somebody else's business, and you say, hey, you have cheddar cheese and it's supplemental because they're interested in cheese, but they don't want my jalapeno jack cheese. They want the cheddar. They want the brie cheese, the Swiss cheese. And so I go out because as a business, it's really hard to create seven new products and eight mm. new products and have them all be successful and have the funnel and the team and the infrastructure in place to really scale it. But it's a lot easier to do, especially as a small business, to go out and to just partner with Grant and Jamie who have the best supplemental offer to my program, which mm. I can take my buyers and upsell yours to, or I can take all my non-buyers, people who entered my funnel, but never bought within a 90 day moving period or whatever your time frame is. And I can start offering them your products and getting commission. And if I send you enough business law of reciprocity states that if I send you enough revenue and business, odds are, if I ask you to share some of that and send your people my way, you're probably going to be inclined to do it. If I'm naturally just sending you a bunch of revenue and promoting you in my experience, having done this for 10 years, there hasn't been one person who said, no, I don't really feel comfortable sending you business, even though you send me business. Everybody says, sure, Jamie, I'd love to send you business. You're one of my top referral partners. And so now what you're doing is you're taking what I call your trash, the people you paid to get into your funnel who never bought. Mm. And you're recycling them. Don't you want to recycle? It's good for the, it's good for the world. So re, <laughs> recycle your trash, your leads. Don't be selfish and try to keep selling your people the same thing. Take your trash, recycle it and start to send those people to somebody else. And then they will send, not only will you make money on the commission from the referral, but that person's going to send you their people. And that's going to give you an influx of new flow, new leads, new revenue. And so that's how I can go into pretty much any business and usually double or triple it uh, within one or two quarters is because a lot of the times their their leads are not going into a really dialed, repeatable, scalable funnel um, that's really optimized to increase the transaction value so that you're profitable within a short time horizon. And then really understanding the transaction value versus the lifetime value so that every lead coming in is profitable within a 30-day moving average. And then super profitable, like, ridiculous five to 10 X profit over the lifetime value of usually 12 to 18 months or longer. If you have like a SaaS product or any other type of super high ticket offer, um, and then optimizing and really converting the non buyers, uh, in the ways that we just stated. So it's really easy to double and triple people's companies, um, large or small, usually under a hundred million, um, because they don't have those things in place at a really good level. And my experience, yeah. All right. I got to go back through everything that I do now. Like you wow. said at the beginning, yeah. this is going to be a tutorial more than a podcast interview. And yeah. by the way, I want to make I want to make it clear to everybody: it's easy to talk about. It's hard to do. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, I can no, talk I, about all this stuff. Like, oh, it's so easy. He seems to have all the answers. It's hard. Yeah, uh, it yeah, takes yeah. a lot of work. Takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of people. Takes a lot of knowledge and expertise to go through all the different processes. Because, like, there's knowledge of the funnel. There's knowledge of the emails. There's knowledge of the ads. 
there's knowledge of then what creates what happens from all the success. Well, now you have accounting and finance and, and right. And then there's more people and now there's yeah. management and leadership. Like there's a lot there. Like I'm not the expert at every single ripple effect of what happens from that. I'm definitely one of the best in the world though, at like the traffic needs to come into the funnel and we need to make the most amount of money possible. That's kind of like my expertise. And, and I want to uh, make it clear to people though, like it's hard, like to do yeah. all, I'm making it sound easy. Um, and this is what I try to grill into people's brains that are doing less than two or 3 million a year. You're not doing what I just said at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unbelievable. Grant, do you have a follow-up question? Cause I have like 7,000, but I'll, I know I, 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 got, I got a few written yeah. down here. What, what about people in like, like Jamie and I, right? So we don't have big social media teams or anything like that. We have small followings. We're trying to build our brand. Like just you can through get to, like you can get repetition. to three million. You can get to three million a year with a very small team of two or three people. Really? Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Okay. But if you go ahead, the, well, but yeah. I got to, yeah. but I got to make it clear. The model has to be set up to do that. So at one point I was stupid. I, I shouldn't say stupid because a lot of people do this and it's not the dumb thing to do. It's the right thing to do at the right time. And at that season of my life, it was, and I made the pivot. I had the awareness to make the pivot. What I'm saying is I used to sell my time coaching mm-hmm. one-on-one hourly consulting, and when you sell your time, you are locked in a box of there's only so much time to sell. And I call it the sales fulfillment bottleneck. You can, it, like a restaurant has a maximum capacity. So to me, a restaurant's a really stupid investment because it, it can't scale, it maxes yeah. out. Um, I don't like to invest in companies that have a sales fulfillment bottleneck. I like to invest in things that have exponential scalability. So like Netflix, right? A million people could sign up today. They wouldn't have to hire a single person more. Their business model is structured to scale. So I shifted from selling my time to selling access to me in a group setting. As soon as I did that, we were able to onboard a thousand clients a month, right? Like, I, I mean, we don't always do that, but like there's been months where we have a thousand clients sign up and it didn't change my business at all. I didn't have to hire. I didn't have to hire a single new person, but now I could have never even onboarded more than 10 people a month selling my time Mm -hmm. because I only have so much time, but I could sell a thousand people. Right. So you're talking a big difference, a hundred times more onboarding ability and nothing in my business changes, only my bank account. And so the, 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 the clear distinction is you have to have the infrastructure business model set up to be able to do two or three or four or five million. I mean, I know some people who are doing 60 million a year right now, 5 million a month. They have 10 people on their team. Wow. 10, 10 people. But the difference is it's because they're selling something that's digital and scalable and doesn't require a bunch of people. And I love those types of business models. And so we would have to assess your business model and what does it need? What business model do you need to have to be able to get to two or three million with just you guys, or five million with just you guys? Maybe like an operations manager, a customer support person, and one salesperson, or a media buyer. And there you go. Like depending on your business model, that would pretty. Yeah. And then obviously a CPA and an attorney as part time or whatever, and maybe sure, a full time, sure. maybe maybe a bookkeeper. But you get the point. Like yeah. that'd be it. Your payroll could be like 20, 30, 40 grand a month. And you could be doing 250,000 a month in revenue, wow. no problem. Um, so we could talk about that. I know one of your other questions though um, was how do you get celebrities? Um, yeah. I went on. Yeah. I went on a full mm-hmm. tangent about lead magnets. Um, well, I and- asked about it. So no, but that was one of the tax. Like honestly, this is more like you know for me having a podcast. We've had some cool guests, right? But not Damon John. Not you know and the guys. And that's 
Right. And that's so easy to do. So let me tell you how to do it. Um, <laughs> I know it's, I know it sounds funny, right? But it's like, it's amazing. I, I need yeah. this. I need yeah. this. I'll send you your consulting fee after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the way that you get 95 to 99% of anybody you want uh, to say yes, is it comes down to two things. Number one, making sure that the timing aligns with their schedule. Mm. I know that sounds obvious, but I get a little more more specific. Um, do they have a book coming out? Because if they do, they're usually being either contractually obligated by their whoever, publisher or PR agency or whatever, to go and promote and talk about the book. Like you're never going to get Dwayne Johnson to show up somewhere. But when he does his new Black Adam movie that's coming out, the yeah. guy is like all day on tour, shaking hands, yeah. kissing babies, everything taking photos. He's yeah. at, everything. Oh, every, yeah. everything social. He's he's showing up everywhere. He's shaking hands. You're going to run into him. Oh, because he, he's all doing his thing. Timing. Mm. When the timing is right in that person's life, even Dwayne Johnson and Oprah and the president will be in the street shaking hands and going on TV and going Great on podcast. How did you go on? How did you get them to go on your podcast? Yeah. Well, guess what? It's because their new movie's coming out and they want to make it the biggest thing ever or his new charity event or his new drink or his new book or his new whatever. Every year, anybody who's a player in the game, man or woman, everybody in the business world, who's really a player, who's really doing things, shaking and moving. Like you were saying, Damon, John, and these other people that you've interviewed, because mm-hmm. they're all players. And mm-hmm. every year, anyone who's a real player in the game has one, two, three, four, five things that every year is their thing. Damon, mm-hmm. John had his book come out. Did you watch our interview? what did we talk about? His book. Mm-hmm. See the point? Yes. So it's the timing. So what you do is you go out and you follow them on social, find out if they have a personal brand website, opt into their newsletter, because usually they email you about their newsletter before they even talk about it on social, because they have a little team member who's like, let me make sure I send the email out about the person's book. And so you've got their newsletter. So I call it the ear on the railroad. You've got the newsletter, which is where they send out stuff first, usually their website where they email people first. Then you're following them on all their social channels, their Twitter, their Facebook, their Instagram, their YouTube channel, their podcast, where they're going to also mention that they have their book coming out and you can join the early bird list, whatever, right? Pre-register. Then the third one is find out who their executive assistant is and get close with them. How do you do that? How do you find the executive assistant? Is there, is there a, 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 a cheat code for that? Yeah. One of the ways to do it is just go to their website and reach out to their support or contact at tonyrobbins.com, whatever, and just say, Hey, support. Um, who should I talk to who is helping run Tony's schedule for big time interviews? Uh, is it the executive assistant or is it somebody in the PR promotion marketing department? And then you send that same message and you also send it to their social uh, DMs, direct messages, their Instagram, because somebody runs that. Yep. Right. Um, sometimes Ed Milet checks his own stuff, but like a lot of the times it's somebody else. Same with a lot of the other big name people. So you send that same message on all their direct messages and you say, should I be talking to their executive assistant or somebody in the marketing promotion or PR department? Could you please send me their email so I can reach out? Or could you just co- uh, connect us personally? And 99% of the time, that's the person's job is to like a phone line which extension would you like to go to? Mm-hmm. They're allowed to make the extension connections there because that's the next gatekeeper. That person's job is to vet whether or not it goes further. Wow. Yeah. So you send the message to all their social, 
And those people who are in charge of the social and the website, customer support, their job is literally like the weakest filtration ever. Their job is like a phone extension to connect you to the next person in the sequence. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, now you're there. Now you're one door away from the big dog, whoever the man or woman is you're trying to get the interview with. And then you just say, when is the best timing this year? Don't be ignorant and think you're going to get it this month. Mm-hmm. When is the best timing this year where celebrity person has something they want to get a lot of exposure and attention around? The reason I ask is because on my show, whatever, we allocate a large marketing and advertising budget to promote interviews with Tony Robbins or Ed Milet or Damon John to talk about their book or their thing, right? So in an ideal world, you'd reach out and you'd say, hey, Tony Robbins has his new book coming out. I saw it on the newsletter. When is Tony going on a interview spree? When is he doing a bunch of interviews? I'd like to be on that list as one of the top people to bring the largest viewership and book purchases and pre-sales. And the reason I can make that claim is because on our show, specifically for interviews like this, we allocate a large marketing and advertising budget to drive as many eyeballs on that interview. We can guarantee over 1 million people will watch the interview with Tony Robbins, Ed Milet, Damon John, Oprah Winfrey, whoever. And we believe based on the other interviews we've seen you do, this would be one of the top interviews Tony Robbins will do for his book. Mm. We saw him on Lewis Howes. He only got 100,000 views. We saw him on so-and-so. He got 200,000. We're offering 1 million views. So it would be the largest interview we've seen yet that Tony will be doing for his book. <laughs> Mic drop. They have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you clearly told them, yeah. We're allocating a very large marketing and advertising budget to pay to drive the attention to the pocket. You're telling them the secret sauce. Quick, quick aside, what's large in this regard? How much is it to get a million the, views? The formula? Well, it, it depends on the platform and it probably costs, depending on the celebrity and your targeting skills, it could be five to $10,000 on the lower end. Hmm. Okay. And, but here, here's the secret. Well, Mark, I don't know if I want to pay that much. Great. <laughs> here's the thing. You offer them, it's called, this is arbitrage right here, 101. I promised a million. This is literally how you can do the biggest deals in the entire world. If you're super resourceful and smart and here you go. You ready? You pre-negotiate a million views for Tony Robbins on the low end. It's going to cost five or 10 grand, depending on the platform, depending on your targeting skills, depending on other variables. Like don't be an idiot and do it during Christmas when everyone's running ads for attention, do it during like a slower week when it's like, what, what's fr- it's Friday, October, whatever. Like nobody's going to care right now. <laughs> yeah. Like no, in a good way, there's yeah, nothing, yeah. there's no other stuff fighting for our attention. It's not black Friday or cyber Monday. People are busy. Mm-hmm. It's a random day. I can dominate the next week. Mm. So pick a week. That's not a week where you're fighting over the super bowl and other people's stuff. That'll drive your cost down. Pick the best part of the clip and edit it in the beginning. So your retention is good. There's other things you can do here. I don't have time for a full masterclass. I'm giving oh away the God. secret sauce though. You so, are. so you, so you promise the million views and I have a formula. It doesn't have to be a million. It could be less. It could be more you promise the million views. You know, you're going to probably be in at least 10 grand minimum, not to mention production editing. If you do it in person, et cetera. So you're already in 10 G's just on the promo to drive the attention. And, and if people are saying, well, how do you drive the attention? Same way you run a Facebook ad. You're not running an ad to a product, to a funnel, to a sales page. 
you're just uploading a video the same way that video would be an ad video saying, hey, here's a video of an ad on YouTube. You ever seen one of those? Mm-hmm. Go to this website and sign up for my insurance or my webinar. You're not doing that. You're just uploading a video of the interview and you're spending money to promote it and you're targeting the audience that follows Tony Robbins. In this case, if you interviewed Tony, you, who, would you, who would be the best audience to target? His following, everybody who likes Tony Robbins is going to see this video. So really, you're just paying to target his own following, which is going to get the highest engagement, the highest view, which is going to decrease your cost and hopefully drive it down below 10 grand because you're not targeting people who don't know Tony. You're targeting people who do know Tony and love Tony and are going to watch the interview. And so that's the formula. And then you can go and you can say, what sponsors would want to have their product as a sponsor on an interview with Tony Robbins? Well, it's personal development, it's business. Okay. So I could probably go to LegalZoom or I could probably go to Salesforce. or I could probably go to Zoom or I could probably go to any of these other softwares or big box companies. Hey, I've even seen a lot of smart, small marketing companies like Billy Jean, uh, a buddy of mine who's just crushing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight-figure business owner, Billy Jean pays for stuff like that. He'd be like, I'll pay 10 G's to have my pitch in the Tony Robbins thing with a million views. It's going to cost me $10,000 to get a million people to see my stuff or more. Why not have it in the Tony Robbins thing and have my brand associated to that? So even smaller guys like me or Billy Jean or other people would pay, Grant Cardone might pay. And so now you start to reach out, same thing to their marketing company, to their website, to their social, and say, would you like to be seen by a million people as the only exclusive sponsor pitch in this interview of Tony Robbins? That's going to be 30 minutes long. I'll put you in the middle and I'll put you at the end. Thanks so much to our sponsor for bringing us this attention and awareness to this episode for Tony Robbins. Make sure you go check out their software, their book, their website. Back to the interview. And so now that person paid the money that you're going to need to use for this. So you break even on the cost by arbitraging a sponsor to pay for it. And then that covers the the guarantee of the views. So now you just covered all your expenses. So you just got a biggest interview of your life, most eyeballs and attention of your life. And you got it all for free by arbitraging other people's money and other people's attention and other people's um, celebrity status. And it's all spilled over onto you as the guy or gal who put it all together. And they're going to be like, Whoa, Jamie and Grant, you guys have the best podcast ever. How'd you blow up so fast? How'd you get all these big names on here? Wow, man. I'm looking at the time and I like, I want to keep you for another hour, (laughs) but you've got like one minute. So I I can go for, I can go for 15 more minutes. It'll, and then I got to, and then I got a hard stop. It was going to, I'm going to eat, I'm willing to eat into the little cushion I was going to put in. Let's go for another 15. I like that. Awesome. I, like, I was going to say awesome. the hard stuff. So piece. I, was, I do that too. Like, oh, I got to leave by this time to give me time for it. It was going to uh, give me a little bit of cushion to try to eat something before my next thing, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm on fire right now um, because I'm passionate about this because I know that if I keep going, I'm closer to impacting that one person yeah. at a high level and hopefully more. Right. Um, but that's a strategy that I use to interview my favorite mentors, experts, thought leaders, celebrities, um, because they will never usually let you pick their brain. Like if you offered Tony Robbins 10 grand for 30 
30 minutes of his time, you would never even get the meeting. Um, but if you offered him a million views for 30 minutes of his time, he'll say yes. And it only costs 10 grand for that 30 minutes. So it's like, how do I get what I want in a more effective way by saying the thing I'm going to offer you is more valuable, but it's the same cost that the thing I would have given you is like Tony won't say yes to 10 grand for 30 minutes, but he'll say yes to an interview for 30 minutes for a million views, but a million views cost 10 grand. So how do you get what you want by doing it in a more creative way? Does this make sense? It yeah. does 100%. Yeah. So now I, I have a way to not only, and, and simultaneously, not only do I got to sit down and interview my favorite mentors, thought leaders, experts, celebrities, and influencers um, for 30 minutes to an hour, um, I get to do it for free. And then that builds my brand, my credibility, and my sales funnel, and my everything, and my entire reputation. And so it's like one plus one equals 12. And so when you start to figure out um, leverage and how to put my inputs, into something like yeah. 30 to 30 to 60 minutes of an interview, but it got a million views. It, it can get one view or 1 million views, mm. same amount of time, 30, 30 minutes, same amount of input, but the leverage that I create by getting a sponsor to pay for the views or I pay for the views and then doing it with a big celebrity. Cause you can do a podcast with somebody like me, or you can do a podcast with Tony Robbins and get a sponsor and get it a million views. And same time you put with me, you're going to get more out from that. So it's like, same time, more leverage, more input, more output. Uh, now I might've provided better information than Tony. Yeah, I was and, I, say, and, that's, yeah. <laughs> and I love Tony. Tony's changed yeah, my life. I'm just right. saying like, sometimes they come on and they say the same stuff over and over sure. and over and, you, yeah, and yeah. you've heard it before. Sure. Um, and no disrespect. I've listened to it a thousand okay. times. It's how, my stuff. I try to come on podcasts and be like, yo, I'm going to give you at least one or two things that you've never heard before. Yeah. And you can actually apply it. Like, I don't think I left anything out like if you go and do what I just said, if you how have to the, get an executive assistant on the, on, you gave us like literally step I gave by you everything, step. Yeah. the yeah. timing yeah. and the attention, the right timing with the right attention. And I even gave yeah. you the script. I even told you how to reach out, what to say, what are the two biggest metrics? How do you even do it? Well, you promote it the same way you promote an ad. You don't know how to do that. Well, go get the knowledge, figure that out. That's easy. Everyone mm -hmm. knows how to do that. They don't know how to do what I just said. Cause I am super resourceful and creative in my approaches and my strategies. And that's, I think what's helped me get ahead. Um, from yeah. maybe maybe where I would have been, right? I think resourcefulness mm -hmm. is the key to most people's getting to oh, the next level that. of success. I love that yeah. word. I've been using that a lot down here after the hurricane hit in the Dominican. You know, I saw people with very little resource, like machetes and like nothing, come through yeah. and clean out trees. Like their resourcefulness yeah, yeah, yeah. is insane. I say, build right. that we have all the resources we need in the yeah. U.S., right? But build up resourcefulness, and right. you're unstoppable. The, the, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave this note before we go to the next question or segment, sure. which is. I've come to realize deep in my deep in my soul the belief that it's not the smartest or the or the most wealthy um, or the hardest worker who's going to end up being successful. Like you can achieve everything you want in life. Don't even compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. It's not the smartest. It's not the hardest working. It's not the person with the best parents or the most networked or the most funded who's going to be successful. You can achieve any life goal, financial goal you want if you just become more resourceful. Mm, and I so for that. me, I've always worked really hard to come up with creative and resourceful strategies that I don't see anybody else in, in our industry doing. Um, so I took direct response advertising, like that's direct response advertising, paying money to target anybody you want to show them your product or service or, or lead magnet. And then how do you monetize that? And I just reverse engineered it and said, wait a minute, couldn't I arbitrage this? And if I can target anybody and show any video I want to anybody, and I can pay a bunch of money to get it a million, two million views, 
to sell people into my funnel, couldn't I then just go and pre-negotiate and guarantee a celebrity a million views or half a million views or 200,000 views? Because I know I can just keep spending my money to drive the views up until it hits that goal. So I take things that I'm already doing and I see how can I apply this methodology and strategy in a weird, unconventional way. Like, And then I think, what would it take for a celebrity to say yes? Well, the timing has to be right and I have to offer enough attention. And I know I can do both of those things by asking the right timing. When would that be in your schedule? And then promising enough attention and eyeballs and video views, which I can guarantee by either paying to do it myself or getting a sponsor to offset my risk and my cost. And there you go. It's just getting resourceful. Yeah, no, that's a great word. It's a yeah. great point. And that yeah. lands so, so heavily. And the best thing right is now. everyone can do what I, because I always ask, how do I do, how do I add a layer of execution to what I just taught? where you have no excuse. And the first excuse is, but Mark, I don't have five or 10 grand. So mm. then I teach you how to get the sponsor. Yeah. And yeah, now, man. and now you have no excuse. You can literally go and interview anybody, you, but I don't have any, I don't even have a show yet. You don't have to because you're guaranteeing the views on the first episode. So they don't have to go Jamie, but your last episode only got 10,000 views. doesn't matter. I don't allocate, I don't allocate a budget to that one. I allocate right. a budget to yours. Right, right, right. Oh man. I, I, so I, could, put, I could put together a one page, two page contract if you need to, I am going to spend whatever amount of money it costs me until the video has 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, or a million views. And the formula is, what is that person's average viewership on their highest engaged platform? Because some people's biggest engagement is YouTube over Facebook over TikTok. What is their, high, what is their highest engaged platform? For Gary Vaynerchuk, it's usually Instagram. What does he normally get on his videos? Half a million views. Offer double that. Mm. Because if they themselves say, holy shit, that's double what I get. Right. It's hard right. to turn down something that's bigger than what you're used to. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Um, oh, God. I, all right. Here's what I'll ask. <laughs> I'm like looking at the clock and looking at it. here like, here's what I'll ask. I'll try for, to keep for, some of my answers shorter, but I feel like no, a lot of people on podcasts give you these half-ass, they give you these half-ass yeah. answers where you're kind of like, I don't really know what to do now. Well, you're, so you're I always try to go. I always so try I to go like to deep. Like this is like a master class. Even if we only talked about four things, but you know how to execute all four of them, we yeah. did our job. This is this is honestly, and this is no bullshit. This is one of the most informative, if not if not the most informative podcast I've ever done. And we've done yeah. a couple hundred episodes, right? I mean, this is you know we're not new, we're not completely old, right. but you know we've done enough episodes. And there is, I've done I've done two thousand, and and I always wow. in, my, in my head I've done, I've interviewed a thousand eleven hundred people, and I, I've been interviewed over a thousand times, but I've interviewed a thousand people, so. I've been interviewed a thousand and I've interviewed a thousand people. So I've been on both sides of the table over a thousand times. And I always, from interviewing people, I'm always like, man, you're so successful, but you're not very good at articulating how you became successful. And so for me, having been on both sides of the table over a thousand times, I try to really refine down like, it's not about how much content we cover. It's about, did the person walk away with one truly transformational thing they can apply? Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Personal brand. Let's talk about, I, this is the question I have. And I was, I was thinking like, can I do this in like a one word answer, but you take it how you want to. There's people that would say, man, like everyone, everyone now has a personal, brand. everyone's in mm -hmm. personal branding. Are we in the heyday of personal branding? Is it just the beginning? Is it just, is it one of these sort of infinite? Just the beginning. So what do you mean by that? What just the beginning? Like what's the, what's the, what is the heyday? When are we saturated? Does it ever get saturated? I think we're going through a unique time right now where social media is kind of plateauing. So I think we had the huge spike and it was like the wild west, kind of like crypto. Yep. Now we're now we're plateauing. 
things are flushing out. People are kind of getting tired of it. Some celebrities are moving to other platforms, getting deplatformed. So like in crypto, a lot of projects are crashing and getting washed <laughs> out. This is good yeah. though. This yeah. is a good thing though. So I think crypto is still in the early stages, even though it's been around for about 10, 12 years. I think social media has been around for about 10, 12 years. And so it's same kind of cycle almost. Right now, things are kind of washing out. People are getting deplatformed, censorships kicking in, regulations kicking in. So yeah. kind of weirdly aligned as I'm talking about it out loud, but like crypto and social media are kind of following these same kind of cycles. But in the, it, I think it's good in the grand scheme of things. I think new social platforms will come out, new regulation and compliance and policies will come out, new platforms will come out. And as a result of that, I believe that's just the next level, the next evolution, especially as we talk about getting into the metaverse, which that's a whole nother hour long thing we can get into. Um, we're just in the beginning of crypto. We're yeah. just in the beginning of social and the internet and web three coming out and how that's going to change everything and social wow. media and how we communicate and interact. So I think we're just in the beginning. I think the next, the next level of, of influence and in social media I think is going to be nuts. I think what's happening is less people are advertising and marketing in the traditional way, radio, television, even Facebook and YouTube ads. It's getting harder. It's getting more expensive. More people are getting like nah, turned off. But what they love is watching a, a, a YouTube influencer's video and then seeing them tie the video content out of nowhere in the most beautiful, creative way ever. Tie that content into the ad that the sponsor paid for. Mm, so Mr. It. Beast, Mr. Beast will be like giving away That's a half true. a million dollars. And then he'll be like, you want to know how I'm able to give away half a million dollars? Because I use SoFi, the number one dino new platform for trading. And blah, 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 blah. and then he's like, no, no bullshit. That's exactly like, what happens. You're yeah. like, whoa. And, and people watch it and they're cool with it. Now, I don't know yeah. about the attribution and the metrics. I'd have to call them up and get clear on that. But oh, the I'm point sure is doing all right. yeah. more yeah. people <laughs> would rather have an ad plugged into their content then they would just have it shoved into their face. And let's be honest, most of those big companies suck at advertising and they're just so big now. They have so much market share that we think cheeseburger, we think McDonald's, but you don't yeah, really maybe. see as many McDonald's ads on TV anymore. Um, and so how are they going to pivot? How are they going to adapt? Well, Mr. Beast is crushing them with Mr. Beast Burger, did a hundred million dollars in like the first year. Um, yeah. they're, in tr they're in trouble. And so point is, I think content marketing, influencer marketing, which is really just another form of my language, which is personal brands who built an audience and have influence over them. That is, I think, the future of advertising and marketing. And I think more companies are going to create ambassadors and sponsors like First Form, my buddy Andy Frisella. He built First Form out of his like basement all the way to a $500 million a year business from in small little fitness broke influencers being First Form ambassadors and earning their way up the ranks as an ambassador and building their audience to get paid more money. And the small influencers sometimes make more money than the big ones because they have a more true diehard following. So the point is, I think that is the future wave. I think companies partnering with influencers mm. and personal brands who have communities and audience and trust with them so that it's like, yo, it's Mark Lack and I really believe in this product. That's going to do better than you saying, hey, I'm the company, buy my product. Me endorsing it with my community is going to do better. And I make millions of dollars a year selling other people's shit as an, as an affiliate and ambassador sure, and getting sure. compensated for that. Um, so yeah, I think that's the future. I think it's just getting started. Dude, you're like a human can wow. of Red Bull. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting like pre-workout tingle from listening to you. This is freaking unbelievable. Wow. And I want to give you time to eat. Grant, I, look, if you've yeah. got a key takeaway. Yeah, I got another. Anything, I got another. Let's go. I got another one of me if you need it. <laughs> I, I think let him keep going, man, until the buzzer rings.
Well, yeah. the buzzer's about to ring. So yeah. look, let, let's be respectful of your time. Yeah. And we, yeah. if, if we can, if, if I may, I might see if I can bring you back for a 2.0 of this or something like yeah, yeah. that. But um, I love doing shit. interviews. Holy shit. I could tell. So, all right, let's, <laughs> let's do this. Where, what's, what's your funnel? Where do you direct people so that they can get more of Mark Lack? Cause I know right now where I'm going right after this call and where my credit, mm -hmm. my credit card right now. So go uh, for it, Mark. Uh, what, what, where do we go to learn more of Mark Lack? So it's going to go against what I said earlier. Cause I do have a <laughs> link where I can just send people straight into my funnel and whatnot. Um, what I'll do is I'll have people go to my grocery store. Um, but on there, they'll immediately see the lead magnet for my masterclass. And so I'll send you to the grocery store, but I'm telling you exactly which aisle to go to and which product to grab. Makes and sense. so what I'm telling you to do is go to shorten the gap, like shorten the gap.com, shorten the gap.com. And when you go there, you'll see a big button that says free training. Just click that. And then it's going to take you to a page where you just input your email. And it'll immediately redirect you to a video of me. So if you like this, it's a super structured two-hour pre-recorded masterclass really, really where I good. break down a bunch of things to build and monetize your audience. I, I don't think 95% of what we talked about today was even is even in that masterclass. So it's all new, fresh That's content for you. Correct. Because there's just so much right? That we, we could talk for a hundred hours easily. Yeah. Um, so there's another two hours over there, really structured with slides and presentations. And then at the end, I obviously mentioned one of my programs where I really actually do have a hundred hours of content and trainings. And so if you wanted to go from this podcast to a two hour masterclass into my community, where I do live zoom calls and answer your questions and coach you and consult you on your business, your marketing, your sales, your funnels, your personal brand, and really talk to you like this, like almost like an interview, but we're mm -hmm. on Zoom and there's maybe 100, 200 other people on there. Um, and then you get 100 hours of my pre-recorded trainings and workbooks and scripts and templates. It's only 1995, so it's 2000 bucks. Um, but if you wanna go through that funnel, just go to shortenthegap.com and you can check it out. At the very least, you can watch the free two-hour training and, and that's where it is. Yeah. You can, yeah, honestly, it, it was, it's a great, great training. And, you know, it, it took me through the funnel and we'll talk off, off this about something else here real quick, but uh, yeah, holy shit, man, you almost died. We didn't even get to touch that. There's yeah. so many things that we could go into like perspective yeah. mindset on top of the tactical stuff. Right. But... I'm, personal development is my background. And then I pivoted into sales and marketing because uh, I wanted to get rich. So yeah. And, and you've done, you've been <laughs> effective at a very young age, man. So Wow. All right. With that, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. And I, I'm going to bother Thank you. you. I'm going to email you probably right after this. Like, hey, man, if you were serious, here's the link. <laughs> Let's yeah, grab I, another time I'm, to do this. I'm, see, that's the difference, right? I'm so passionate about this stuff. I love it. I live it. I breathe it. I've been doing it for 10 years that um, this is my life. This is what I do. So I love podcasts and interviews. I go through stages, though, where I turn them down, like, Sure. No matter no matter what, um, no matter how big, uh, because a lot of the times if they're really big, they want you in person and I have a baby and I don't want to leave my family. And so it's just like I'm at a point where I don't need to do anything. And so I even turned on the biggest ones possible. But now my baby's almost one year old. So I feel good blossoming and going back into the, in the spotlight on speaking. It? Oh, it's yeah. so life-changing. And yeah. I always, I always made a promise to myself that when I had my firstborn, I would be ultra, ultra present ultra, ultra there for all of it. And I have been. Um, and so now that our baby girl's almost one next month, um, I'm going to get back into the speaking circuit, the podcast circuit. And so people are going to start to see me again. I took a little, I stepped off the gas pedal for the last 10 months while the baby was here, but I'm starting to step back on the gas pedal now. So this, this is what I love. Yeah, I'll be on, a, I'll be on a, another, another hundred podcasts in the next 
probably 60 days. Holy crap. Man. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do a lot. I'm going to do a lot. I'm stepping it back up. I love it. Well, I'll be I'll be watching the whole time. I sent Grant a whole bunch of stuff on yeah. you before. I'm like, dude, watch this, watch this, watch this <laughs> yeah, to prep for this guy. Like, like, here, watch all this yeah. stuff because I love need it. you to be ready for this guy. And then, yeah. honestly, you like you said, you've been on a million of these. You are the easiest podcast guest ever. I just get to write shit down and <laughs> uh, and listen and learn as you go through everything. So, man, truly appreciate it. Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, you. we'll we'll Thanks, get a part man. two in at some point. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Later, man.